Welcome to the How to Win at Life podcast. My name is Toby Strong, and I'm going to give you maximum value in the shortest possible time to help you win at life. Here we go. It's January 2017, and I'm sitting in my office, just a normal day. My family and I had spent Christmas and New Year's in Bali, so I was refreshed and in a good place mentally to tackle a new year. And at this stage, the business was around six years old and is the case with many startups. The first few years were just absolute chaos, but things were starting to settle down and we were in a nice rhythm and I was confident that this was going to be our best year yet. Little did I know it was going to be the complete opposite of that. At this stage, my coffee pod business is a manufacturer selling mostly wholesale, which means we're selling in bulk like big pallets to Coles and Woolworth supermarkets, but a big chunk of our business was also contract packing, some people know it as private label, where we pack pods for other brands. The first manufacturing job we came back to in 2017 was for our biggest contract packing customer at the time, and we were just finishing in order for them, which was worth about $100,000. And I'm sitting at my desk, planning the year ahead, my phone rings, and it's this customer who were just finishing their order for. And I figure they want an update on the order, so I politely answer the phone and jump straight into reassuring them that we're just about to finish and we'll have their order out in a few days. In response, the customer told me that they were having some challenges in their own business and that they could no longer accept the order and that we shouldn't send it. And as for the half a million dollars that they owed us for previous orders, They were going to do their best to pay back as much of that as they could, but at this stage, nothing was certain. It's hard to put into words what I went through after hanging up that phone. Uh, Apparently, I just went white, so people have told me afterwards, and I just felt numb, and I think I actually went into shock. And to be honest, I couldn't fully comprehend it because I'd never experienced anything like that before, but that moment changed my life forever. First, in a very bad way, as the days and weeks passed, we learned that we'd only see a few thousand dollars of the half a million that they owed us before they officially went insolvent, meaning that we didn't have the money that we were expecting to pay our staff and suppliers. This created a chain reaction, which almost led to my business failing as well. And to avoid this, we had to make a lot of good people redundant, which was absolutely horrible, just the worst experience and negotiate payment terms for all the money that we owe to our suppliers. And I I managed this over the first few weeks just running on adrenaline alone. But once things started to settle down, then I crashed hard after this. And I remember sitting at home one morning with my wife and newborn son, just bawling my eyes out because I just felt like I'd let everyone down. Even though I didn't directly cause the situation, as a business owner, I blamed myself for not doing a better job of seeing it coming earlier. So I beat myself up for a long time as we navigated through this new reality. And of course, the culture of the business went off a cliff as well because we had to make almost half of our team redundant. And it was just a really tough time for those who were let go. And for those who stayed as well, it was just for everyone involved, it was just a terrible situation. And I found it really hard to snap myself out of it, even with all the amazing workshops that I've done and all the systems that I have for getting things done. 
I was grieving for probably about six months after this. But when I finally found the motivation to start rebuilding again, I knew we had to completely change our business model because I was never going to put myself back in that same situation again. I had watched and admired what Vino Mofo had done because they were originally from Adelaide as well, which is where we're from, and started their business around the same time as us. But they started selling online instead of wholesale, which we were doing. And for those of you that don't know, Vino Mofo sells wine online. And the more I looked into selling online, the more sense this made because we could bypass Coles and Woolworths who were taking a big chunk of each sale, which meant that we could offer so much more value to our customers. And selling online would mean that we would have thousands of individual customers instead of a handful of really big ones, which would avoid another insolvency issue in the future. The only problem was that I knew absolutely nothing about selling online. By this stage, we were in an incredibly desperate position because we had bank repayments to make on our multi-million dollar production line, and we were just scraping by, like week to week, just keeping our heads above water. But looking back on this situation now, I'm so grateful because it forced me to become completely obsessed with selling online and listen to countless audiobooks and podcasts and YouTube videos simply because I had to. And if I didn't get this right, our whole business might collapse. And the beauty of becoming obsessed with an interest these days is that you don't have to spend a lot of money. Don't get me wrong, if you want to, you can spend a lot out there. There's expensive courses and conferences covering almost everything. But from my experience, there's a lot of great inexpensive ways to learn stuff these days. I've been thinking about this a lot lately and I truly believe that when we sign up for a lot of these online courses, we believe that we're signing up for the content, but in actual fact, this same content often is out there for free and what we're actually signing up for is a commitment of our time and in many cases, we're paying a lot for that privilege. So just keep this in mind if you're thinking about signing up for some sort of self-development or educational course. If you have the discipline, you can do it in a much cheaper way from my experience. Anyway, over the past four years, my obsession with online marketing has now blossomed into our biggest brand called Urban Brew, which has been so successful that it's actually allowed us to walk away from Coles and Woolworths, which was a huge relief because they're terrible to do business with. And more importantly, it allowed us to rehire a lot of the people that we were forced to make redundant which was just such a proud moment for us all. And even though that customer going insolvent led to one of the most challenging times of my life, I now genuinely look back on that with appreciation because it pushed us down a different path than the one that we were on. And if this didn't happen, I wouldn't have felt that desperation, which forced me to become obsessed with online marketing. And we see this in many different forms throughout our lives if we're paying attention to it. And one of the most common ways I've observed is after a breakup, we suddenly tend to have the motivation to do those things that we knew we should have been doing before, like eating healthier and going to the gym. And that horrible breakup that we all go through at some stage in life often leads to us being a better version of ourselves. There's an African proverb that relates to this that I absolutely love, which is, Smooth seas don't make skillful sailors. 
And this is so true. And one of my favorite books of all time covers this topic perfectly, which is called The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. And here's just a few of my notes from this book. Don't be positive, be creative. Think objectively about the advice that you would give others in the same situation. Then apply that to your own situation, which basically means try and take the emotion out of it if you can. Obstacles are teaching us which way to go by carving us a path. Failure shows us the way by showing us what isn't the way, which sums up my experience perfectly. And this one is my absolute favorite. Behind mountains are more mountains. And why I love this is because it helps me break out of this mindset that so many of us have, which is things are going to get better when, when I get a raise, when I buy a house, when I retire. But by thinking in this way, we're really just setting ourselves up for failure because it's just not true. Our lives don't drastically change and improve when we hit these milestones. And we're usually just faced with a whole new set of obstacles. Like seriously, just think about it for a minute. In your past, when you've hit a milestone you've been looking forward to, did your life drastically change afterwards? Mine certainly hasn't. Yet I still catch myself thinking in this way about the future, which makes no sense, but it just seems that our brains are wired this way. Which is why I love this quote, because it reminds me that after the next set of challenges, there are just going to be more challenges. And how my life improves is not by avoiding challenges or hoping that they're going to go away, but by facing them and learning from them and simply getting better at handling them. So always remember, behind mountains are more mountains and you'll rarely be disappointed in life. (laughs) 